0: A Monday but let's get things started right it's Dukes and Bell getting your work week started right as they broadcast live from Hooters in Kennesaw
1: talking all things
2: Georgia TCU I'm so proud of these guys they never quit they never say die they were like a sniper tonight they came out shooting and they never quit shooting
0: stop on by and say hey man and listen in as the guys kick the work week off right on sports radio 92.9
1: the game now here's Dukes and Bell What's going on? It's Dukes and Bell live from Hooters in Kennesaw. Yeah, buddy. We're going to be here until 6 o'clock. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, Hey, man, man. we'd love to get a chance to see you. Mike Bell, tonight is the night. National (laughs) championship game. Things will get decided at SoFi Stadium as the dogs look to repeat. Hmm. They are looking to be an elite company, guys, but their task tonight will not be easy against TCU We've got all day to chop it up. We will talk about it. We will let you hear some of, uh, from some of the guests we talked to last week, including David Pollack, Eric Zier. we we'll talked to our own Dave Archer, talking about college football, Danny Connell. All of these guys had differing opinions about this game, Mike. Mm. My one concern that I'm going to get into today is, and it's simplistic, but who wins the battle up front? Because David Pollack told us that their O-line is better than what we saw against Ohio State. And if that's true, then that means TCU is going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to protect Max Duggan, and that also means they're going to be able to throw the football to those dynamic receivers.
3: Right, and some of the same things we've been yapping about the last couple of weeks, I mean, it is still a concern. Is Jalen Carter going to be a factor in this game? Who? Jalen Carter. We spent so much time last week uh, leading up to the beach ball that Jalen Carter was going to be like the Kool-Aid man, busting everything up. And to be quite honest, I was kind of left wanting a little bit more from the big fella. And the idea, Carl, the plan was he's going to draw so much attention that somebody else is going to pop on that D-line, kind of like the plan against Tennessee – Never really materialized. The only time that Georgia was able to get things going on Stroud was through the blitz. And I just, I mean, not to be a worry ward, but you just feel Duggan with those receivers. And if you're going to blitz or you're going to start to sneak guys up to the line to maybe spy Duggan, you're going to be worried about one-on-ones with those athletic wide receivers who a lot of folks feel are better,
1: with the exception of Marvin Harrison, than Ohio State's. I agree. Um, And tonight, guys, you know, Kirby keeps talking about has said all along, we won't be hunted, we will hunt. Right um that means getting after max duggan and that means bringing blitz packages early and often in this game they got to get him off rhythm mike they can't allow him to get in rhythm i thought they let cj stroud get in the rhythm that's why he ate him up in that game against ohio state they were able to overcome but duggan has the same ability guys to do that to a team and tonight i think that's going to be a big key for the dogs we certainly want to hear from you guys at 404-741-0929 it's our solomon brothers diamond text line as we talk about dogs frogs all day but of course it is also now the official playoffs for the nfl our team's not in it but yesterday mike down at mercedes-benz stadium they finish with two wins to end the season and a a guy asked me yesterday was like dukes this similarly this feels so similar like it did last year they finished seven and ten last year mike seven and ten this year Mm -hmm. does it feel different
3: it just feels like we've turned the corner and, like, I, I don't know how the fans feel about this. It was funny. I spoke to a guy, Big Earl, who drives a scooter, Carl. he's not Big with, Earl. He's got health issues, but the guy comes to every Falcons game, Seaman United matches, too. And we're chatting before the game yesterday. He goes, I don't know about this, Arthur Smith. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and that's, I just don't know what fans were expecting this year. There were so many limitations with the roster. I thought I kind of nailed it on Twitter today. Carl, despite all the holes in this roster, we hung in damn near every single game with the exception exception of the Bengals who took us to the woodshed we were in every single game even that Carolina game down to the last possession so I like what the coaches are doing this was the ultimate gap year you know We we want the baby we don't want the labor pains well this year was the labor pains and now next year it's all about what does Fontenot do Fontenot can't screw this up because we're never going to have this kind of opportunity
1: to get this thing back on track than this offseason Mike we're out of the woods like Falcon fans we got 70 plus million dollars now that is freed up now again that doesn't mean we go on a spending spree and just spend you know stupidly It, it also means we're out of the woods we don't have to worry about matt ryan anymore how much are we paying him how much is he setting the roster back we don't have to worry about julio jones anymore how much are we paying him how much is he setting the roster back those things are done so we're, we're out of the woods it's like you just came out of the forest and there's beautiful mountains mike and there's mm. scenery and there's snow-capped mountains and you're looking and you're going oh, i can see it now <laughs> that's where right. we are so if you're if you're not excited about where we're going i don't know who we're picking don't ask me right now ask me in march mm. i don't know who we're going after in free agency don't ask me now ask me in march the fact is We have the ability for the first time in a long time to really improve our team. And that, to me, is exciting. The the Arthur Smith stuff, Mike, if you don't believe this guy can coach, you're dumb. I'm just calling you out right now. He did more with less this season, and then he did it with a quarterback who he counted on who walked out on the team. So I don't know what you're watching. What I try to explain to folks, and look, uh, the only
3: thing I would be critical of Arthur Smith this year was you waited too long to get to Desmond Ritter. Had we done this in the in that ex, sort of ex, extended bye week that is the uh, the Thursday night game, coming out after the Carolina game, had we gone to Ritter there, then I think we may have, who knows, we might have even sniffed the playoffs and won in this division if he continued to do what Mariota couldn't do. And Mariota kept turning the ball over. Bad situations, bad decision-making. This guy's got a confidence to cut the ball loose into traffic that Mariota didn't. You're right. And I thought yesterday, look, should have three touchdowns on the season, but I love it. No interceptions. The only thing that drives you crazy is he's got to work on that snap. But I think Dahlman has struggled with that with Mariota, and he struggled getting the ball on a shotgun at a regular consistent level. So that might be another center he's working with next year. But that aside, I was really impressed with what I saw. And, guys, if you want to discount this, yes, the Bucks pulled their starters, this and that. Guys, we're looking for a sign. We're lo- had he gone in there and pooped the bed against that lineup, he excelled. He made plays. He's got two wins on his roster, including a cover behind victory. That's all. I, I, that's what I wanted to see. And now we can decide you want to have a competition or you want to make him surely your number one and you bring in a, some old veteran who will just simply be the guy wearing a baseball hat and won't push him.
1: How much does he excite you? Does he get you overly excited when you go, I need to go see Ritter? Here's the problem. To Mike's point, he played really well in these four games. The record not really an indicator of just his performance. It's the team, two and two. All right, but you win the last two. We didn't do that last season. But does he get you excited? And here's the point, Mike. If we had more of a sample space, maybe you would feel this way. Like, man, did you see the ball he threw? He threw a deep ball yesterday. I was like, damn, he can throw it. We hadn't seen him release it like that. I think there's a chance we could get excited about him the more we get a chance to see him. I don't want to hear about, well, he don't do nothing for me. You've seen it for four stinking games. Right. The other thing is, guys, we've talked about this going all the way
3: back to the night of the draft. When we drafted Drake London, people at Mercedes-Benz are like, what? We going wide receiver? Well, Mariota never, ever got any consistency with Drake London. And as soon as we got Ritter in there, his production basically doubled. He basically doubled what you got from Mariota in just those four games because he gets it. He gets the guy that should be the weapon, should be the look, the guy you're looking for down the field, and he got him involved in the offense, which Mariota couldn't do. So if nothing else, you get Pitts back. You got a 1,000-yard rusher. We haven't had 1,000-yard rushers since free. That's I mean, there's things to be excited about. Now, fix the offensive line, and for the love of God, either through the draft or through free agency, let's get a pass rush.
1: Let's hope that's the case. It's Dukes and Bell. We're live at Hooters in Kennesaw getting ready for the Knights National Championship game. 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. You can always find us on social media. He is Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at Put-Em-Up-See-Dukes. And this radio show, Dukes and Bell, 929-929. Follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Stay up on everything that's going on. And, of course, we're on the gram as well. As we talk about the NFL, and we'll talk more about this in our NFL Blitz, playoffs are set. Mm. Last night, it was not a shocker to me that the Lions beat the Packers. I had them covering, but it was not a shocker because the Lions were cooking. They were playing well. But, Mike, a lot of people pointing the finger at Aaron Rodgers. This was one of those playoff games last night in the regular season to determine who was going to get in the playoffs. I don't know what you thought about Aaron Rodgers' performance, but I was not impressed. No, and again, to
3: throw the picks the way he did, and knowing the heat was coming, the heat was on. And they were really bringing it And Talk about Hutchinson. He was getting after it. And real quick, I watch Hard Knocks with you like a lot of other folks. I thought that Dan Campbell kind of ran kind of a goofy sh- uh, ship. i got to be honest with you. It was a work in progress. They started one and six. That's an amazing turnaround. So hats off to him, his staff, the way that, let's be honest, Jared Goff looking like a gunslinger again. Hadn't looked like that in years. So there's a lot of good things happening in Detroit. But getting back to Aaron Rodgers, yeah, if that's the way he goes out, What an ignominious ending. Because I got to be honest, you expect more from a superstar than what he was bringing to you in those big moments.
1: It's a great word, by the way. And it is. I, I just, as great as he's been and as good as he's been in his career, and yes, he's going to the Hall of Fame, and yes, he's a multiple time MVP. In these big moments over the last five years, whether he's been in the playoffs or on the verge of getting in, and the team has said, we need you to carry us, he hasn't been able to do it. So. I don't know, man. He 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 walked off the field last night. That guy looked like he was retired last night when he yeah, left the field. Yeah, and
3: it's amazing. I was telling Squid Billy today how history repeats itself in Green Bay. Now we're gonna get the same routine that Brett Favre used to roll out every year, to be or not to be the Green <laughs> Bay quarterback. That's I mean you see, you can see it already. Uh, it'll be very interesting. Where's Tom Brady gonna go? Everyone seems to think he's going to play somewhere else than Tampa Bay. Is Rogers coming back? You got coaches getting fired. It's Black Monday around the NFL. Is some of the guys you'd expected to get got, got, got?
1: Yeah, one I didn't expect. We'll talk more about it as we move along. Is what the Texans did mm. with Lovey Smith. I didn't expect it because they suck. And they're going to suck again next year, and they'll suck the year after that because they've drafted incorrectly, and their front office is terrible. But to do what they've done in consecutive years to hire African-American coaches as the NFL has pushed this narrative that this is where we need to be. We need to be talking to these guys and hiring and giving chances, and then you fire two guys back-to-back. Either way, Mike, but the big one today for me was Cliff Kingsbury. Mm. But even Steve Keim is stepping away, which is the general manager. They were kind of tied at the hip. Everybody said the owner wouldn't do it. I'm more surprised at the Kingsbury thing because you just paid your quarterback and he just signed an extension.
3: That's just you built this franchise, you built everything around having your guy Kyler Murray to be that dude for a decade, and this was the coach who was going to work with him. And the architect is gone, so now it's 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 you, you're tied to him. You you uh, contracts. I presume Carl as the uh, salary cap continues to go up and up. Maybe four, three four years down the road, the contract won't look so bad. But right now, you're tied. To this guy that not a lot of folks in the organization believe in. Kind of showed his butt at times this year. And so that's one you got going that way. The other one is Lamar Jackson. No one even knows if Lamar Jackson's is going to play in the playoffs this week for the How, Ravens. Wait, wait, wait. How can he not play in the playoffs? Nobody knows. How could he not play? And this is another guy who bet on himself, didn't get the contract. There's still a lot of confusion about that. He may get uh, simply tagged next year at the end of this season. But, I mean, this is a guy that do, do you believe in him because he can't stay on the field now. And you've got to make a, a decision about his contract. Yeah, too.
1: listen. Bengals handle their business. They get the home games. Forget about the coin flip because if the Ravens would have won yesterday, they would have gotten that. that. That's out of the question now. But if Lamar doesn't play, shame on him. Like, you've been out for 40 days, Mike. Mm. You're not healed up. You're not ready to go give your team a chance to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals Mm. in a big matchup, and you're still trying to play for your bag? I think he's going to get it, but there's no way he doesn't play this weekend.
3: We'll give you the full blast on the NFL Blitz, but just off the top of my head, one last nugget. Good to see the Dallas Cowboys are in playoff (laughs) form. Boy, was that pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely pathetic. And, and well, also, I, also a guy that we, you and I have had a couple of conversations with, we're big fans of Coach Peterson. What a job in Jacksonville, man, changing the culture, getting you know from Urban Meyer and that clown show. And it wasn't pretty offensively, yeah. but they find a way. And, and that's that's a hell of a turnaround for a franchise. It's been in the weeds
1: for about six years. Yeah, there are some great stories heading into the playoffs, guys. Lots to get to on a big Monday. But, Dog fans, we want to hear from you. And we're going to take some phone calls along the way, guys. Where are you at on the scale right now? Nervousness where you where's your anticipation of tonight's game one to ten you're four five maybe you're like i'm not worried at all 404-741-0929 garrett we'll take some of those calls garrett is in for turtle today and uh bo morgan is out here with this executive producing as well again we're live at hooters kennesaw location we're going to come back when we do we're going to talk about what david pollock had to say about this O line and what eric zyer said about winning in the trenches guys it's simplistic again But it's a big deal going into this national championship game tonight as the dogs look to repeat. It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
4: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
5: You have 47 new voicemails.
0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call
5: 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
1: It is Dukes and Bell on a Monday. Falcon season is over. We're gonna talk plenty about what this offseason holds as we move through the week, guys. We're gonna have coach on Wednesday. Not sure about the time yet. We'll let you know what time Coach Arthur Smith's going to join us. Our exit interview. Yeah, Mike, and and, you know we got a lot to talk about, man. I know he's happy that they won yesterday, and you said it. Whether it was reserves or not, you still got to go out and play and make plays, man. And they did that yesterday.
3: Man, I want to win every game I'm going to as a fan, and I know that people are hung up on the draft position. I, that's why we wanted to see Ritter out there, so we knew if we had a quarterback. And I think, you know, it's about maybe 75-25, I think, of the fan base that they feel this guy could be the guy. But you just wish, as you said in the first segment, a bigger sample size, but some good things happening. And I know that the the old line, I just, I just wonder, does Fontenot evaluate the things the way you and I feel? I think we need a center, a guard, and you got a big question about McGarry. And then on the other side, you know, maybe tackles are uh, be what you're looking for to help Grady. And you draft edge rushers. Because I still think, man, to, to be where we're just 21 sacks this year, Carl, yeah. off of 18 last year.
1: I know. I'm watching, again, that that Lions-Packers game last night, and I'm watching Aiden Hutchinson. Mm. I'm jelly. I'm like, I'm, we've not drafted a, a guy like that. Right. We've not drafted a dude like that. He's just making impact plays. He's done that all year. I'm using him because he was a top pick guy. Right. But at eight, where we're currently picking right now, there will be guys like that. All right, and the way this draft shakes out, which we'll get to in the NFL Blitz, now you've got <laughs> you've got the Bears with the pick. Yeah. And, and they're, they're not the going Texans. for a quarterback. No, right. so this thing got shaken up yesterday with who might end up being there at 8. All right, with that said, let's talk about the dogs, Mike, because I want you to hear David Pollack talk about TCU's O-line. You asked him last week, well, do they have a better O-line than Ohio State? Because we were impressed with what Ohio right. State did. This is what David Pollack said for uh, to us from ESPN.
2: TCU's line is better than Ohio State. Um, I-, I thought Ohio State was, was really just average at, at, at center and two guards. I think they're really average at both tackles. Um, much better than TCU's. But as a whole, I think TCU's got these two guys up front that will get drafted. Um, they got a really, really, really good guard. Uh, their scheme allows them a lot of space because the quarterback runs and the motions and 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 all the spread elements of their offense and with tempo. So, I mean, listen, they they got when you look at their uh, their players, they got a they got a receiver dude that's going to be drafted the first, the number one receiver off the board. They, they got a quarterback that's going to be drafted. They got a running back that's a top five running back in college football. They got an elite guard. They got a, a really good offensive line. There's a lot of things about. You know this tcu offense that's gonna that's gonna make you play really really well it's gonna, it's gonna make you watch tape and go okay i got a lot of respect for these guys they're not just a cinderella story
1: and i agree he's talking about quentin johnston mm-hmm. um six four 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 speed he is going to be arguably the best guy on the board when we talk about wide receivers but the weapons are there and the o-line in pollock's opinion is better right that may be hard to imagine for a lot of dog fans. And, and Mike, I said this. I, I get the sense that a lot of dog fans are like, we're going to win 50-7 to tonight. Like, this is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that you realize it's not. I, I hope it is. I hope in the third quarter we're, we're laughing and having fun and talking about how we're going to celebrate another championship. But I just don't feel that. I don't think it's going to be that easy. O-line, O-line is one of the reasons why. No,
3: I just uh, I look at the game, and I think there's so many things, which the same matchup issues that present themselves in the second half against LSU, certainly against Ohio State. And, and Duggan is a guy, you've seen it. It's, it's an unbelievable story. He can move. He's looking to move. There'll be more design runs. And then, of course, uh, it's about Georgia. Georgia's supposed to have better athletes on defense. But then all of a sudden, you know, your defense just doesn't look like the big bad defense we thought it was through all the SEC regular season. That's the problem I've got. You know, we know Keeley Ringo's capable of, of winning a, a play making a play to win the game. We saw it in the national championship last year against Bama. But i got to be honest, when I think Georgia's secondary, all I see is guys running for miles and miles and miles in zone coverage. And if you go, man, it's almost like you're playing into what TCU wants to do. So pass rush has got to be there tonight.
1: Let's hear from Eric Zier, former dog quarterback, one of the all-time greats. He joined us talking about the battle in the trenches. This is what he said about it.
5: Uh, you know, listen. I I, I think I, I've got a little different different view of this. I mean, obviously we've we've seen some chinks in the armor uh, uh, against this this Georgia secondary, against this Georgia defense, and in the past couple of games. I, I think it's important to keep in mind that you know we're, we're playing against elite talent. Those guys are really good on the other side of the ball. It'd be no different with with TCU that can attack in a number of different ways with with elite athletes. Uh, so those guys are, are there because they're good as, as well, but no doubt some some in the armor. I I think for the for the dogs because of the the nicks and the bruises and the the, the guys that we've got banked up. The I, I think it's really imperative that if if we take the blueprint that that the dogs showed against Tennessee and that they showed in the uh, in the fourth quarter against Ohio State, where we do trust in our in our secondary because we've got guys that can cover. That, that are good. I, I think the key for this defense is applying pressure, being able to contain with that pressure. And the best way to go do that is when you get aggressive and, and you bring extra linebackers, you bring secondary. I think this Georgia defense plays at its best when it can line up in, in man-to-man, get a free safety back there that roams, do a little bit of zone blitz, but bring exotic pressures as much as you can to try to create confusion and wreak havoc I think where we've struggled is is when we sit and we try to go rush four and and sit back in, in various zone looks and, and uh, we, we've been we've been picked apart a little bit uh, when you look at that i I really think that to, to go win today or go win this weekend, you've got to pin your ears back, trust in the talent that you have out there on the edges and in the secondary, and go bring pressure and take the fight to this TCU team because if you sit back uh, and, and allow Duggan just to, to, to have his way. You give him time to survey the field and give him time to pick places where he wants to run, and you've got great receivers on the outside. If you give those guys time to think they are good enough to beat anybody, they've proven that. I think that we, we've been at our best when we apply pressure, and, and I would love to go see the, the dogs pin their ears back and just come time after time.
3: And that goes back to how they got the pressure on C.J. Stroud. I mean, the blitz was the thing. But uh, as we said, high risk, high reward. You think Kirby and Muschamp and company want to do that?
1: You said it. I think think you're playing into the hands of what TCU is hoping that you will do. Um, Because if I'm Max Duggan, I'm willing to trust my guys on the outside Mm. to throw it up and they go get 50-50 balls. They're big, Mike. These are bigger receivers. So, you know, I I don't know how many of those you complete, but I do think that is part of what TCU is hoping the dogs do. I'll say this. You asked the question when we started the show today where's that big dominant interior defensive lineman that has been absent, or at least he was in the last game? What is Carter going to do tonight? If Carter is dominant, then you don't have to bring all this this exotic pressures. If he's beating double teams, ripping people's heads off, and sacking guys and creating havoc in the middle, you don't have to do all that stuff. He didn't do that against Ohio State. So if he's not doing that, as the game plays out, you'll see Must Champion company, they're going to have to switch things up and try to bring this pressure. Mike, do you bring it off the edge? Because, you, you know, we talk about these corner blitzes right. and safety blitzes. Well, again, now you're limiting yourself in the back half of that defense. I am curious. This is going to be a chess match. We'll see how it plays out when the game starts. Let's hear from uh, our own Dave Archer because he was talking about TCU will fight. And this is the part where I think dog fans have to understand, guys. They have had multiple games that they've come back from double digit, being down double digits, and have won. And this is what Archer said, because he does Big 12 radio as well, talking about this TCU team.
4: Well, and I'm going to use a word that Mike loves to use, that when he sees somebody, and he doesn't use it very often, and I applaud him for this, but he likes to use the word clutch. When a team has a clutch gene, that's not, te- teams don't have that very much. I think Georgia has some of that. TCU has a clutch gene in them. I, I don't know what it is, Mike, Carl. I don't know what it, is, but they have had, they've been in trouble yep. in, a, in in three or four games this year and have have been able to turn it on defensively and offensively. Not just Max Duggan going and making plays. They shut Kansas State out in the second half. They were down twenty eight to ten going to their final drive to start the uh, of the first half. They won a ninety three yard drive and then answered the very next drive coming out of the third quarter with a seventy five yard drive to pull that back to 28-24, and they shut out Kansas State in the second half. Now, everybody's saying, oh, wait a minute, Alabama crushed Kansas State. Uh, don't, don't, don't look at that. Look at the, the, the matchups and the way they unfold for team to team. TCU and Georgia is a different matchup than Ohio State and Georgia, or TCU and Michigan. So you're going to have to sort it out based on the matchups and how these two teams look at each other.
3: Yeah, and one thing yeah, you guys have seen if you watch TCU all year, I mean, if Georgia, let's say, gets up 10, keep your foot. I heard Andy Randy talking about it earlier. you got to keep your foot on their throat because yes. this team is like, you know, you can't kill them. It's like a werewolf or Dracula. These guys <laughs> just keep coming. You know, it's Jason. So, yeah, these are guys that have come back from multiple, multiple uh, double-digit uh, deficits in the Big 12. You saw them nearly come back in the Big 12 championship game against Kansas State, which is all on Max Duggan's shoulders. So, that's that's one thing you got to watch out for. The other thing is, and you talked about this, the running – situation and and knowing that kendra uh, is is banged up kendra miller is the running back and if he can't go there's an article espn's got amari great name Dimercado is the dude who's kind of been the consummate backup he's kind of been like the uh, change-up guy in that backfield he may
1: get a big role tonight for tcu he had over 100 yards against michigan in that backup role so he's capable there's no doubt about it and let's hear from kirby talking about the health of darnell washington before We uh, uh, break here because this is really one of the big question marks tonight, guys. We're talking about dogs and TCU tonight. By the way, our coverage right at 6 o'clock with college football game time, Randy McMichael, Chris Goforth. They'll take you uh, for a a good hour and a half or so. And then after the game, guys, remember, this is the only radio station that will be taking your phone calls and having you react to it after the game. Oren and Dylan will be there taking your phone calls, so make sure – if you want to say something and you got something on your mind, and you're out and about going to a friend's house or wherever you're going to be watching the game, 92 9, the game is the place to be. Let's hear Kirby on Darnell Washington's health.
2: Yeah, we're hopeful we can get Darnell ready to play. He's continued to work really hard, done a lot of rehab, and uh, I know he really wants to. This is his first chance to play on the West Coast, and uh, he's from, you know, Vegas, and uh, this game means a lot to him, and uh, I know it's,
3: a, it's an important one to him.
1: Well, Pitch count for him if he goes at at best. Has to be, right? Right. I mean, look. Ankle looked terrible. He
3: really was limping pretty bad when he
1: came off the field. Well, Kirby's not going to endanger anybody's future in the league, right? He's not going to just play the kid to play him and I want a chip. He's not going to do that. We know that. But if he can play, I do think he he goes – And then he sees how this plays out. Maybe you get out there and it feels a lot better or maybe it feels worse. But I don't think they endanger his future by trying to play Darnell. But we know it's a big deal tonight. All right, guys, more to get to. We're going to take some of your phone calls along the way. NFL Blitz 30 minutes from now. We'll lay out the playoff picture and what the Falcons are going to do with the eighth overall pick. Because now we know where we are exactly picking. But when we come back, we'll hit some headlines, including John Collins has had enough. (laughs) Wait until you hear what he says about the trade rumors Hmm. as the Hawks finish up their West Coast road trip. It's coming up on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
6: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
5: hooters in kennesaw it's dukes and bell talking all things georgia
3: tcu it it, it, it could just be the calm before the storm on
1: sports radio 92.9 the game coming up next hour we are going to take some of your phone calls want to get the pulse of dog fans 4047410929 and uh see where you're at heading into tonight's contest Lots going on, guys. Nothing bigger than tonight's national championship. Mike and I are here at Hooters Kennesaw location talking about it with you guys. We'll be here until 6. And, again, special edition of College Football Game Time with Chris Goforth, Randy McMichael, at 6 o'clock. I just want to talk about this for a second, Mike, and then we'll get to some headlines because Falcons finished their season yesterday. Guys, we've got, you know, the rest of the week to talk about a lot of stuff, and we will. We know the the Hawks have been on the West Coast. But Sam Amick, who writes – Great stuff about the NBA, has for a very long time. He writes for The Athletic, caught up with John Collins. Um, And Collins basically does this long interview with him. It's it's on The Athletic if you want to check it out. But Sam Amick asked John Collins, Mike, saying, after a brief hello, uh, we need to talk about the elephant in the room. The trade deadline is nearing, and your name is being rumored about again. He says, Collins' eyes widen, his smile widen, And then Collins, basically his face changed, and he said, Based on the look on your face, how are you feeling about all of this with the front office changes and blah, blah, blah. And Collins says, I'm sort of familiar familiar with it because this is kind of where I've been. Right. And I'm just going to cut this short, but at you know one point in the interview, Collins is like, look, I really don't give a damn at this point. Yeah, I don't care anymore about being... In these rumors, yeah,
3: it's been in my life for the last three years, which it has. It, it was rumors before we gave him the contract. Rumors started. Hell, this year they started even before the season started. We had John Collins rumors out there. So it's basically. And by the way, I'm glad he said it. Yeah, I mean, and all, all you can do is look, tune out. The, people say tune out the noise. John Collins has been dealing with this stuff. It, it's. I mean, it just becomes. I think it's actually become background noise. Look, if I'm John Collins, you want to trade me? Trade me. You want it? You know, don't? Don't. You know what I mean? I I think from a fan standpoint, John Collins had a a really good run four of the last five games. He's been a major contributor, 20 and 10, been pretty solid. And then this team as a whole, and this isn't about just John Collins, they lay an absolute egg in L.A. You and I talked about getting up for this. Let's see Trey put on a, a, a highlight show that'll get some juice nationally. And they play listless. I mean... In the half court, everything you and I have talked about, no identity, no flow, no rhythm. And then they come back a day later against the uh, Clippers, and they play great basketball. They nearly blow the lead, but they play, They had a rhythm. They had an identity. Yeah. So what is that? when a team is that up and down, that's coaching to
1: me. Yeah, They're Collins, tuning the guy
3: out or, or whatever it is. You're, you're selectively being
1: intense. I don't know how else to describe it. Well, in, in another part of this article, and again, we'll, we'll talk more about this. We're going to reach out to Sam because he does such a great job. He's been on our show numerous times. But... He talks about, Mike, all the changes and how he feels about what's been going on. And he said, listen, it's been a transition. You know, Travis Mm -hmm. Links not running this thing anymore. There's a bunch of stuff and rumors flying around. And then you got this dysfunction with the team where we're not playing well. We get this about John Collins. We've had him on our show numerous times. He gives you stuff without really saying exactly what's going on. And he told Mike and I two seasons ago, we said, what's your relationship with said, Listen, we're not best friends. But he's my brother and we we play together and he laid it out, basically saying we don't hang out and have dinner every night. There are there's this thing between us, but we're going to play for each other. And everybody at that point figured, oh, well, he's going to be traded. It hadn't happened yet. We'll see what happens. Collins' interview with Sam Amick on The Athletic. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, Garrett is in for Turtle today. Bo Morgan's out here executive producing. NFL Blitz is on the way as we'll go through the NFL coaching changes and what teams are looking for new coaches as part of the Blitz here in less than 10 minutes. With that, Garrett. Let's hit some headlines.
4: Strap in, youngins. <laughs> Hitting the headlines with Dukes and Bell.
1: Mike Bell, have we found our running back in Tyler Algier? That's my running back. <laughs> yeah, man, Tyler Algier, 1,000 <laughs> yards, and uh, again, people say, well, yeah, 17 games. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah.
2: Uh.
3: He didn't play week one. 16 games. You're right. So it is legit. And you can put that up there with the Devontae Freeman 1,000-yard. Last time we had a dude go over a 1,000-yard mark. It's big because if you've been a Falcon fan as long as a lot of our audience going back to Fulton County, you can literally count on one hand the 1,000-yard rushers we've had in this organization. So it's big. Whether it was Jamal Anderson or any of the guys in the 70s and early 80s, this is something you don't see a lot of, just like us sacking the quarterback. So good news. This is one Fontenot nailed. This is a guy that we believe in. You can have Patterson back for another year as sort of a complimentary piece, but Algier will be the workload guy, and everybody wants to see
1: that. Well, here's the thing. When I said I loved him in the draft, I'm just glad he panned out in his first Mm. season. It did take us three years to figure out if the guy could play or not.
3: Well, this is one of your guys, real quick. Now, for those new to the show, we're on the side of the hill at Flowery Branch, and Carl's thing is first day or second day of practice. (laughs) Usually we wait until they're in pads. Carl then pronounces, boom. This guy ain't got it. This guy was his clown. And, you know, this is a guy that we all, he popped and you noticed it. He and he was driving and he was moving. And it was, you kind of noticed there was something special about the kid. Then
1: we spoke to him. He's like, he's a really good dude. Down to earth, man. Let's hear from Ty Algier having a thousand yards in his rookie season.
4: I think it's for sure an achievement. I think uh, it's a good starting point. Starting point for me. You know, I think. Um, yeah, I think for the offense as well. You know, having a 1000 hour rusher, so it's really just a good starting point for me and the me and the line. Shoot.
1: Yeah, he listen. Rookie season. Hopefully, mm. he gets better. Hopefully, continues to grow. Hopefully, the O line gets better. Hopefully, he gets more weapons around him. And all of that stuff is going to co- culminate with better running game. So I like where he's at. But here's the next thing, Mike Bell. Have we found our wide receiver in Drake London? Well, yeah, you just had to give him the ball. And we got
3: a quarterback who's uh, not afraid to throw the ball into traffic. He's able to, at times, thread the needle. We saw that. He had more of a vertical passing game the last couple of games. The production has just skyrocketed since the guy that came in the draft together with him, Desmond Ritter, has been the starting quarterback.
1: Let's hear Drake talk about winning because he said, listen, this whole rookie thing, he caught more balls this season than Pitts. He doesn't care about it. He just wants to win. Honestly, it
5: don't really mean too much. I could have 30 catches and 200 yards on the season. If we're in the playoffs, I'm going to be more happier than I am right now. You know, So um, I think we just got to stack wins on top of all that, and then I think I'll be happy.
1: Uh, I love his attitude. These are a couple of building blocks. That's what we're talking about. The quarterback situation, if Coach believes he's a building block and he thinks he's going to get better and he's going to develop, Mike, and he's a franchise guy, then – That's what Coach believes, and I know some of you don't necessarily believe it because we just haven't seen enough of it, but we will. I'm going to tell you guys, I I think the philosophy going into this offseason is we got a guy. How else can we get better?
3: Right. Now you got to go get uh, an upgraded center, an upgrade at the left guard position, and then make your evaluation on Caleb McGarry. Do you say, I don't want to have to go overspend? Uh, because I also don't want to overspend for Caleb McGarry, because I, I still don't like that mantra of tremendous run blocker, and we're a run blo- we're a team that wants to run the ball. But I don't like the dot, dot, dot. Yeah, and he's not that great at pass block. I don't like to have a dot, dot, dot. I'm, I'm going to give a multi-year deal, too. But when you shop and you look around, there's not exactly a robust, inexpensive market for right tackles. When you drafted a guy, look, it's a shame that we had to basically do the carrot and the stick by saying we're not picking up your fifth-year option, and he found another gear this year.
1: Well, doesn't that worry you a little bit? Like, we should have known Caleb McGarry was this in year three. Right. Correct. Correct. But, but we waited, and then he didn't perform, and then we we're like, we're not picking the option up. And now all of a sudden we're like, man, Caleb McGarry. Well, why did I feel that way after year two or three? Right. Like, here's the example.
3: Better old line coaching, Squid Billy, just said.
1: Well, but, yeah. it, that may be true, but that wasn't the case for Chris Lindstrom. No. We I mean, know Chris I mean, Lindstrom, Lindstrom came out play. the box ready right rock. Well, that's the point. Mike, when you're talking about first-rounders, and let's not forget we moved back into the first round to get this guy. Right, Either you know or you don't. I say it all the time, folks. It doesn't take three years for me to realize a guy can play.
3: And that was a Dimitrov guy, by the way. And that's why this regime did not pick up his option.
1: Correct. Now, it was the right move. But if you're now telling me we're going to guarantee X amount of dollars and he's coming back, it just makes me a little nervous. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm not saying he's not deserving because he has been a lot better this year. But when I look at these guys, if, if I'm in year three of a rookie contract, i got to know right. this guy has done enough and he can play and we can move forward. And I just didn't feel that way with McGarry.
3: Yeah, so in the offseason, we got plenty of time, guys, but now the offseason for us begins as the playoffs start this weekend. But I love the name that Bo Morgan, our producer, brought up about two weeks ago. Deron Payne put him next to Grady because it's just not a great – It's by the way, Jadavion Clowney, the way that exit from Cleveland went was pretty awful. Woo. And he's the number one free agent defensive end or edge rusher in this next free agent class. So – not exactly a guy I wanted in my locker room, if I'm honest. So let's go see if we can get it off the tree in the draft. I'd be very curious. But a tackle might make everyone better on that line. A guy like Derron Payne with Grady, that'd be pretty dynamic in the middle.
1: No doubt about it. It's Dukes and Bell. It's our headline segment, guys, brought to you by our friends at ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to break you, uh, help you, keep you down, should I say. They can help. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. NFL Blitz is on the way, talking about what went down in the NFL. Playoffs are set, Mike, and here's the deal. We get wild card Saturday. Seattle Saturday, gets Saturday. in. They are at San Francisco. Chargers at Jacksonville. Those are Saturday games. Sunday we get three games, guys. One, 430, 815. Dolphins at Bills. Giants at Minnesota. Ravens at Bengals. And you said earlier, does Lamar play? I can't even fathom him not I mean, field. if he
3: plays, he's not going to, everyone, I think I've read the Baltimore Sun today says they're still, you know, they're still a little sketchy about this and just how effective he's going to be. And there'll be a rust factor because he hasn't played in addition to whatever he's dealing with physically. So I'm not sure where this is going to go. I mean, you're, you're tethered to him. You can't win without him. No. And they've shown that. I mean, yeah. like they got by us and the refs helped out with Caleb Huntley. Was it Caleb? Who's the, who's the quarterback? I always fed to screw up the names. Uh, the For the Ravens, Huntley. Tyler Hunt, Caleb's yes. our former running back at UCLA. No, you're Huntley's. But it was the other Huntley that was playing QB, and they still beat us. But they can't win a playoff game with that guy. No. That's not happening. Meanwhile, Sunshine, Trevor
1: Lawrence going up against Justin Herbert. That's pretty – there's it. your young guns, man. I love it. Cowboys and Bucks. that's going to be the Monday night game, guys. Now, did
3: the Cowboys do this on purpose or just played flat? Was there a – I didn't watch the game. I just saw, like, about ten minutes of it, then I saw the final score, and they looked
1: dreadful. Commanders came out, man, and Dak looked bad. The pick six was mm. very ugly. he thrown a ball just to play before. It should have been a pick. And then he throws the pick six. I, Mike, I don't know. Um, this is what I do know. If they don't get it done this year, McCarthy's gone. Right. McCarthy's and they're, and they're missing their
3: window with their core group of guys.
1: So, I, I don't, you know, where the Cowboys are, I'm more interested in where that spread's going to be. Mm. Because now you've got to go on the road, play Tampa. People are a little weary about the Cowboys. I, I thought they might be a six or seven point favorite on the road. Mm. It may be less than that now after this happened this week. We'll see. But plenty of football conversation coming up here. Also, got a couple of guys on hold. Actually, a lady as well. Marsha is on hold. We're going to talk to you guys. Where are you on the dogs tonight? Dogs have a chance to repeat. Daryl, we're going to get to you guys. 404 If you want to dial us up, as we said, we want to talk to you guys. Big day, man. And if you're a dog fan, you got to be excited about the opportunity to do this, do it again, I'm greedy I've said this Mike I, I want to run four of these or five mm. of these things off and just be as dominant as possible and by the way Cowboys are a three-point favorite in this game on the road right now I think that comes down now it was I thought it was gonna be six or seven that's mm. awesome I'm glad that, that that's out there I think it's gonna be two and a half maybe at the mm. end of the, the week we'll see how things shake out all right guys we're coming back we're gonna take some of your phone calls then we're gonna get to our NFL blitz I know Marsha's on hold Daryl where are you guys when it comes to the dogs tonight A little nervous. Not nervous at all? Where are you right now? Nervous. Very nervous. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because I think TCU's better. Incredibly what people, nervous. Giving people credit yeah. for. I hope they blow doors. We'll see. Three
3: right. fingers of brown
1: liquor nervous. It's Dukes and Bell. We're live at Hooters in Kennesaw. Come out and see us, man. We'll be here until 6. We're coming back. It's Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.